testing one. Awesome. Well, it's just so good to be here. I say the same thing about my friend, Jenny. Um, we go back a long ways, and um, her kids were in my youth group. My husband and I, we youth pastor for 17 years, and, and she had the best kids, and they were, they're still just so supportive, and I love you so much. I love you, Pastor Sue, and I just want to say thank you for just inviting us and um, having us here. I just, it's a great time to be alive, isn't it? It's just a wonderful time, and it's just so good to be uh, here um, to just minister to you. I just believe, you know, it was something because I had um, surgery on Monday on my mouth, and, and I, um, I almost, I was feeling some kind of way, and I almost canceled. I almost had to ask somebody else to take my place. I didn't tell Jenny this, but that night I had a dream that God was going to bring me through it, and I had a dream that I was prophesying at your church. And I, I literally woke up prophesying. So I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but it's going to be something crazy. I mean, God's going to do something off the hook. He is so good. You know what I'm saying? And so, I mean, who's ready for God to move? I, I, I am ready for God to move. I'm ready for him to have his way. I'm ready for him just to do something awesome. I tell you, it's been a season. Who's been in the season? <laughs> but God is good. It's, so, it's such a privilege for me to be able to talk you on um, this particular topic, uh, the secret place. You know, it's something because I would hear people talk about this, talk about something and I'll be like, yeah, but how do you do it, though? You know, you know what I mean? It's like they have this really awesome message. God, love you. They have this really awesome message. And and um, then you're like, but how do you get in there? How do, how do you do it, though? I mean, is it just me or do other people think that way? OK, well, today I pray that you're going to be able to get into the secret place. I'm going to teach you how to do that. Isn't that a great thing? That's a wonderful thing because in the, in the secret place is a place where he tells secrets. Come on. Come on, stand up on your feet. We're going to read Psalms 91 together. Psalms 91. I mean, this, this right here is only, it's like the most popular psalm in the Bible besides, you know, Psalms 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, I will fear. I don't know if we can get that on the board, but I sent that slide. It said, but um, if not, I'll just read it. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God and him will I trust. Just wait a second. Mm. Woo. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Woo. Three. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Let's read that again. Let's read that again. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Let's read that again. Let's read that one more time. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrows that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord 
who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Let's read nine again. I love that. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you. Let's read that again. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone." You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpents. You shall trample underfoot. Let's just, let's just do that right now. Come on. Trample underfoot. You got to see yourself. Some of y'all didn't even move your feet. Come on. He said, I'm giving you. A... Woo! You got to just lift up your feet a little bit on that one. Come on, I want you to see yourself trampling on all the devices of the enemy, on everything under your feet. He has, come on, y'all going to get it in a minute. Hallelujah. It says, because, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. Oh, read that again. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. This is so exciting. I'm just getting excited before we even start. He has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. You may be seated. Woo. So we're right here in 14 and 16. We have six things that was our assurances here. Six assurances here. It says, because he, f he holds fast in my love. Hmm. Do you love him? Do you love him? Do you know how much he loves you? You know, it's something because it, we're living in a time where I, I, we do this class, and it's a grief share class that we, we've uh, done. We've, a lot of people are leaving, leaving this realm, and, and uh, every, every uh, week we do this thing called grief share. It's really good. And um, I look at this one guy, he's always so angry. He's angry at God, but I just said, I just want your commitment that you're just gonna just stay in this grief share class to the end. Just stay with me to the end. And he's like, okay, Pastor Portia, I can, I can uh, promise you that. But he gets so angry. He's so angry at God for his wife passing away. And, you know, he's feeling a really, really, really bad about it. And, and so he's talking to me and he's just saying, you know what, I'm just so angry at God. I'm just so angry at and, you know, and I, and I look at the scripture and I talk about, but he who holds fast to my love, I will deliver him. So I said, you know what? I don't care how deep your ditch is, how high your mountain is. God wants to deliver you. He wants to set you free. He wants to take you from this place of grief and bring you all the way through it. But it's, ta it's talking about here, because he holds fast to my love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When you look at that, he knows my name, you're thinking, okay, we know the names of God. He knows that I am Jehovah Jireh, 
their provider. I am Jehovah Nisi, their banner. I am Jehovah Rapha, their healer. I am, do you know the names of God? Those names of God in those situations are what he did to earn that name in those situations. And so he's going to be that to you. But he knows my name. He knows. So, so because he knows my name, it says in verse 15, and, and when he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Somebody say it's time to know God. It says I will rescue him and honor him. In verse 16, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I'm going to set him free. I'm going to set you free. I'm going to deliver you. So it's six things that's mentioned here. I want you to write them down if they might have it on the slide. There's six assurances here. It says, number one, I will deliver. We serve a God that will deliver us. Ah. See, a lot of times we don't, we don't, we look at God and we say, well, you know what, Pastor Porsche, but there's a situation where God didn't really deliver me from, didn't he? Stay with me for a minute. It's a thought. Some years, a couple years ago, a few years ago, I was, it was this hurricane going towards my parents' house in Florida. I mean, it's huge. This thing is massive. It's coming towards my parents' house in Florida. And they're like, oh, it's going to be like a seven. I mean, it's going to wipe everybody out. And I'm not going to lie. I was worried about it because I'm looking at this thing on TV. And I'm watching this thing get harder and faster and faster. And I'm like, oh, man. It seemed like every time I would pray, it'd get worse. Who knows what I'm talking about? I'm like, man, I'm praying against this. Normally, in the past, if I prayed about something, God will just turn it around. But this time, I'm like, oh, the boss said that, Jesus, 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 turn it around, turn it around, turn it around, Jesus. It's not moving. It's going faster towards the house. And I go to church, and Pastor Eric Butler, he's the prophet of the Lord. He's ministering, and he doesn't even know anything that I'm worried about. But he says, Pastor Portia, the Lord says, don't worry about your family. It's going to be all right. So I was like, okay, you know, praise God. Still, though, I'm looking on the, on the phone. It looks worse. But I got the word from God. Okay, I'm going to try to have faith. Hallelujah. But I'm seeing the hurricane get stronger. But it, you gotta, I'm going to know him as my deliverer. And so anyway, I'm just like really frustrated about this. Another prophet comes in. Pastor Portia, the Lord says, don't worry about your family. He's like, all right. But why isn't the hurricane moving? Why isn't it turning around? Because it sure looks like it's going to tear him up. Okay, Lord, I, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to deliver you. You know, I'm going to deliver you, Portia. I'm going to deliver your family. Don't worry. Okay, okay. I'm going to try to have faith. I'm going to hold on. No matter what I see in the midst of the circumstances, God, I'm going to hold on. It gets worse. Still coming. Next thing you know, I see my sister outside, my sister Khalila. You guys met my sister. She is so funny. She's outside with a pot on her head, running through, like, it's like storming outside. And he's like, ah, check this out. I'm like, get in the house. What are you doing? Get in the house. And she's just laughing, running all through the water. And I'm really just getting frustrated because I'm like, at least stay in the house. My God, you know. So next thing you know, it's like the next morning, the hurricane hits. But it gets less, as soon as it hits on the land, it goes down to a two. It just gets, it just totally, everybody's safe, everybody's fine. And then the Lord speaks to me. And he says, Portia, just because I don't answer the prayer the way you think I should, doesn't mean that I'm not answering you. 
I was like, okay, Lord. Lord, you're my deliverer. He's my protector, is number two. He's going to protect me. Sometimes God is not going to protect me the way that I think he should, but he's going to protect me. You know, during COVID, I went to like five different people houses that had COVID, hooking them up, telling them what they needed to do, bringing in the nebulizer machine, you know, because I had one person pass away. The hospital didn't do them right, and they wouldn't give them what they needed. And they, they, you know, they get a lot of money for putting people on ventilators. So I'm just like, okay, God, all right then. So I'm just going, God, I know you're going to protect me. He was my protector. The next thing is, he's, it says it right here. When you get into that secret place and you understand the secret place, he is going to answer you. Uh, you guys, y'all should get excited about that. He's going to answer you. Now, it may not be the answer you want. Sometimes he'll say to you, okay, I want you to humble yourself, call your sister who dogged you out, did you wrong, lied on you, and apologize to her. What? <laughs> this must be the devil. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. <laughs> nope, it's me. I want you to humble yourself. But he says, you know, I'm going to answer you. May not be the answer you want, but I will answer you. The next thing, the assurance is, number five, Number five right there, I will rescue and honor. Wow. I will rescue. You know, it's something about having God honor you. It's something about having God rescue you. I remember one time, me and my sister, we were in this uh, situation. A friend of mine called on the phone, and she was, like, one of the only persons who really helped me, like, financially. She would, like, she would, like send me, uh, you know, just a, a, a tithe check or something to my personal account, which I really appreciated. So I was just like, you know what, if you ever need anything, you call me, I'm going to be there. And sure enough, she called me. She said, Pastor Portia, she said, I need you to come right now. I said, I dropped everything I was doing. I was like, okay, I got your back like you got mine. What you need? And she said, it's this young, young kid. He's like, 13, 14 years old. He's my next door neighbor's son. He was in a high speed chase with the police and uh, somebody else was driving and they were running from the police and he opened the door to jump out of the car and bam, got hit by another car. And so she's telling me this horrible story. I'm like, oh great, this is what you want me to do. Okay, you want me to come in here? And I'm like, oh wow, this looks really bad. If you looked at this young man, it looked like he was going to die. Half part of his brain was missing, you know, and, and you had people in the operating, in the room, family, like, ah, they already just gave him up for dead. They're screaming, hollering, falling out, you know, like, like families do. And my sister was with me who has like this faith, like incredible, you know, just faith because she knows who her God is. And she just said, everybody that doubts that God can do this, get out. And I'm just like, well, I don't even know. Should I, I, should I get out? Because I'm looking at this like, this guy looked dead. And I was like, Portia, you're a pastor. You got to believe God. Slap, slap myself. Get up. And so she's like, get out right now. So, of course, you have people showing out. They're mad at her and everything. I'm telling you, this girl starts praying. And I join faith with her faith. And I start saying, wait a minute, God, you are my deliverer. Come on, you are my protector. You answer me. Come on, God, you, you are present when I pray for you. You are, you, I, I will be present for you when you call me because you, because you dwell in that secret place with me. I, I will rescue and honor you. And so I'm saying, well, God, what's going to happen? So here it is. She's like, everybody get out. He's not going to die, but I say he shall not die. I said, this girl's prophesying. I said, okay, I'm going to join in because if God is saying something, it's going to happen. So next thing you know, 
We go in that room, we pray for him. We put, I'm just telling you, let me just tell you, cut to the point. God raises this young man up. To this, to this day, he, he walks around with his Bible telling everybody about Jesus. I'm telling you. This car hit him at 45 miles an hour as he was jumping. See, y'all, it just, this is the God that we serve. I will rescue you and I will honor you. It's something when God rescues. It's something when he honors. I will satisfy, number six, and show salvation. I'm going to set you, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to show my salvation. I'm going to set you free. Now, it's something when God sets you free. So the first thing we need to do, this is, this is important because this, this is, these promises exist to those that Go and dwell in the secret place. <sighs> Pastor Portia, how do I get to that secret place? I'm so glad you asked me. Because I'm going to show you how to get there. Who wants to get there? Come on, a few, few of y'all. Okay, not everybody. But that's good. That's good. I'm glad for the few. So the first thing we need to do in order to enter the secret place is, number one, we need to have faith in the blood. Ooh. Now, you guys already know this. You already know out of 333 prophecies, 240 ramifications of prophecies, there were 60 major prophecies of the coming of the Messiah and that Jesus fulfilled every single one. Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He is and he was and he is to come. Jesus, our Jesus, the blood of Jesus was different than any other man's blood. Come on, listen to this, listen to this. It was different than any other man's blood because Jesus had the DNA of God himself. Now, you, you got to see this before we go any further. You got to see that Jesus has the DNA of the blood that Jesus, the blood that Jesus shed for me way back on calvary it's the blood that gives me strength from day to day it will never lose its power i want you to think about that blood see the first thing when i want to go in a secret place the first thing i start to do is i start thinking about the blood I start thinking about the sacrifice that Jesus made, how there was nails thrust in his head, how there was, and the blood came streaming down. Why? Because he gave us the power for our mind to be stayed upon him. The moment that the blood was thrust in his head, he paid the price for our minds not to be controlled by what we see around us. He paid the price for our minds to be stayed upon him when the thorns were thrust in his head. You got to see it. Do you see it? And the next thing you know, they, they put the nails in his hands and his feet. He paid the price for us to lift up our hands freely. Come on. When the nails was thrust in his hands, he paid the price for our ministry to go forth because the hands speak. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher for our ministry to go forward. He paid the price with his blood. He paid the price for our sins to be forgiven. Some people say, well, Pastor Portia, I can't really get in a secret place. God will kill me if I get in there. <laughs> if I walk into church, if I walk into church, Pastor Sue, I'm going to die. Because I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to die right there. God is going to strike me dead. No, God is, not, God is not bringing you to church to strike you dead. He's bringing you to church to join with something 
that is greater than you could imagine. Listen, he's bringing you to church. Listen, I know the enemy wants people to stay home from church. He's always, he's always wanted that because the devil is not afraid. He is not afraid that we come together, but he is afraid that we would assemble. You see what I'm saying? Because in this hour, God is raising up women, come on, as his secret weapon. Oh, man, I wish I had time to talk this morning. Let me just, let me just keep on going. Here it is. The blood was the payment for our sins. Righteousness gives us access to God. Now, we know our righteousness is as filthy rags. We know that we can't come before God. God, I got it all together. I'm standing in your presence. No, no. We take off our right to be right. And we put on his righteousness. Because his righteousness is what we need. And how do we get his righteousness on? Is by asking him to sprinkle us with the blood. Come on. So in Hebrews 10, 19, I think, yeah, Hebrews 10, 19 through 22, it says, it says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So how are we going to enter? By what? Oh, man. We're going somewhere. And before, before you know it, everybody's going to be in a secret place. Isn't this awesome? I'm so excited. So by a new and a living way, because he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. So we're going through the blood and we're going by faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So here it is. So the first thing, so you're going to pray, Jesus, I want to come. I start thinking about the blood. And I said, Jesus, start. I need you to sprinkle me with the blood. I want to go before the throne of heaven. I need you to sprinkle me with your blood, Lord God. Because, see, you're not asking for a regular man's blood. You're asking for the blood of God. Come on, John chapter 1, verse 1. Here it is. Jesus, the word made flesh. Come on. You got it? So in Ephesians chapter 2, 13, it says, but now in Christ Jesus, you have once were far off, having been brought near by what? By the blood of Christ. So it's the blood of Christ that's going to bring you near. Oh, my God. He did it for us, Jenny. He paid that price for us on Calvary. He paid that price for you so that you can go boldly into the throne room. That's what Jesus did. You just didn't know how to do it. But now today, you're going to know how to do it. Now today, you're going to be able to walk into the throne room knowing that your life is sprinkled with the blood. Knowing that, oh, see, you're going to be able to go into the throne. I want you to get excited with me because before you go, you got to see this thing. You got to see it because faith you got to see it already that he already paid the price. Most of the time when people want to be delivered and they come to me in my office, they say, Pastor Portia, I'm having this problem, that problem. I just feel like I have a demon. I need you to pray for me and cast it out. I mean, I get these, these kind of things happen all the time. I need you to, I, I just feel like I can't get over this. I just feel like I have a spirit of addiction, I have a spirit of lust, I have this, this, this. And the first thing I say, I want you to concentrate on the blood. I want you to start thinking about the sacrifice that Jesus, it is your more than enough. His blood is going to speak for you right now. Come on. It's his righteousness. When, when God looks at you, he's going to look at you through the blood of his son, Jesus. And today, today, before you leave this office, you are going to be set free by the power of the blood of Christ. Matthew 6 and 6, 6 and 5, it says, and when you pray, 
You shall not be like the hypocrites. So God looks at our motives. Are we praying so that we can be seen? So people say, oh, look at them. They're real spiritual. No. It says, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen. God, I don't want to get the glory. I don't want to be seen. I don't even want to say I prayed and this happened. I want you to get the glory. I want you to be seen. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. He said, so God is showing that we can lift him up. We can draw all men unto him. He's going to start saving people in our families. I want you to see it. It says, it says, assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. They have their reward because they just doing stuff to be seen. But in verse six, look at this. It says, but you, when you pray, Go into your room and shut the door. So the first thing that you did, you started thinking about the blood and you started thanking God for the blood and you asked God to sprinkle you with the blood. And the next thing that you did after you did that is you go into your room and you shut the door. Shut the door, ladies. Shut the door from distraction. Shut the door of frustration. Shut the door of anger. Shut the door of, of lust. Shut the door of whatever it is that's distracting you. Nothing shall separate you from the love of God. Have that in your heart, in your mind. But you, when you pray, go in your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in where? He's right there in the secret place. He's been waiting for you to come. He's just been sh just sitting down. Say, oh, when are they going to come in here? When is my baby girl going to come in here and can, and so we can talk? I got something to tell you. And it's some good stuff that I want to tell you. Come on. You've been thinking and you've been listening to all these other voices. But I have some great things for you to know. You've been listening to these things and they've been beating you down and you've been afraid. And I got some good things. You know when God speaks to you, you don't even care. You don't even care what anybody says. Because you got a word from God. We're going to get there. But go into the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So you can have a meaningful relationship with God apart from investing time in the Lord. You got to invest time. It can't be where people say, well, you know what? I'm just going to church because I just want to be fed. Nope. That ain't the reason why you go to church. You go to church because the Bible says, fail not to assemble yourself together. You go to church because, and this is why one of the reasons I go, I go and see if there's anybody else I can hug on and love on and give sugar for their sugar bowl to. Come on. I go to church and I say, like, let me just see. Because you know what? You got to, if you have a need for somebody to love you, if you have a need for somebody to see you, if you have a need that people, you know, Whatever your need is, you be that need for someone else. Oh, the enemy mad at this word. He don't like this one. Come on. He don't like this one, but he recognized, because when you recognize who you are, that you have the power to see. Somebody who came to me, they said, Pastor Portia, you know what, people don't be speaking to me. The white people don't say hi to me. I'm like, Really? Before I knew it, I said, really? Because I don't see white people. I see people. 
And I said, I don't see black people. I see people. I said, I go to every single person because I know that people feel that way, that people are not speaking to them at church. And I be the one to do it. I said, I'm going to them and I'm going to hug them and I'm going to kiss them and I'm going to love on them because that's who God has called us to be, women of God. Nobody should feel that way in our churches. I'm telling you, we have to be the need for people because people feel that way. I'm just, oh, I'm just going to so lonely. Well, we'll be somebody else's fulfillment. Oh, God is calling us to a higher place. He's calling us to a higher place. But it's going to start with us investing time with him. So how do I do that? So let me just tell you. You pick a time every day where you say, I am going to invest time to spend with God. Now, a lot of y'all know this already, but this time I'm not going to let nothing. I'm going to turn off my cell phone. I'm turning off the television. I'm turning off all this. And I'm just, God, I'm going to spend time with you. This is going to be what? Could you not tarry with me? And you work your way up for an hour. I'm going to show you in a minute how to do that. So the first thing, number one, is you're going to have faith in the blood. Power. Power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is, you got it, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. So you're going to have faith in the blood. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to pray, and you're going to say, God, sprinkle me with your blood. Who sprinkle me because I want to go before. I want to go in a secret place. I need you. And, and, and when, you, when you're doing that, when you're asking God, you repent. You search your heart. God, in this way, he'll show you yourself. Who here is God has shown you, start showing you yourself? You say, this right here, this attitude right here, uh-uh. This stink to me. It wasn't the sweet-smelling sweet worship that you normally bring. But this attitude that you have right here when you was talking to your husband, I know nobody in here, but at those other conferences <laughs> that I do, yeah, those other conferences. Everybody here, I know you guys know you have this really awesome attitude all the time towards your husband because you know the Bible says to respect him. Amen. Hallelujah. So, but at those other conferences, I tell people, you know, what you do is that you're going this one way. Well, Pastor Persia, you don't know what he did. Nobody in here, huh? Y'all don't got that? Why you just, you don't know what he had said to me, Pastor Portia? God is looking at our responses. And he'll say, you, you didn't respond that, that well right there. You didn't, you wasn't respectful. I told you to be respectful, and you wasn't respectful to your husband. So I say to my, my husband, Stephen, I, I'm, I'm sorry I wasn't respectful to you in my response. I don't say the reason why is because this happened and that happened. And if you would have said this and if you would have did that, then I would have been respectful in my response. <laughs> They're very, this is very important what I'm telling you today. You only look at what you did wrong. You only look at yourself and say, Lord, you know, I, I could have had a better response to that. I should have responded differently. Man, I could stop here and preach this whole message. I could just stop. It's a whole message on this, but I don't got time to do it. Come on. It's a whole message on this. your responses. God's been dealing with me about it. He's been showing me stuff I've never seen before. That, it, was, it was not too long ago where I was asked. They said, I was telling the women at the table, God said, I want you, 
I want you, Pastor, I want you to preach on this on Philippians chapter 1, verses, uh, chapter 1, uh, 19 to 27. And I was trying to find everybody else to preach because I had just preached. And all five people I called said, I can't do it. And I said, man, uh, that means I'm going to have to study. And God said, yes, the reason why they can't do it is because I need you to learn this. I said, okay, I'm going to go on and study it. Long story short, because we don't got time to go into it today. Long story short is God taught me in that, in that study that I did. He said, Portia, I need you to look at your responses to people. I need you to always look at your responses. Your responses need to be to please me. Basically, bottom line is what he said. God, I want to respond in a way that pleases you. I want to respond in a way that pleases you with my kids. I want to respond in a way that pleases you with the person who just lied on me and talked about me and dogged me out. You think just because I'm up here and I'm singing and I'm laughing that I don't go through nothing, right? Yeah, think again. Because the greater the calling, the greater the testing, and the greater the trial. And I'll go to Jenny's house, Jenny, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, and she'll just let me go on and on. Okay, and she knows what I'm going to have to do, forgive. I'm going to have to forgive. So I have to stop because God is not looking. God is, I'm only going to be judged by what I do, you see, not by what they did. They were anointed by God to aggravate the hell out of us <laughs> because there's hell in all of us, right? You know, I want you to see that. It's something in all of us coiled from the garden, and it's called pride. I know you didn't just say that to me. I know you just didn't talk to me like that. And God says, wait a second, I want you to be the one. I want you to stop, and I want you to repent. Is my way pleasing you, God? Is my response pleasing you? So when you ask God to sprinkle you with the blood, you say, Lord, forgive me, God, for my attitude. I'm going to call that person. I'm asking you. I'm asking you to forgive me. If it's your husband, if it's your kids, you know what? I should have been softer in my answer to you. It doesn't matter what I was going through. I just want to call and apologize to you. The devil's like, you don't got to apologize all they said to you and all they did for you. I'm telling you how to get to the secret place. I'm telling you the secrets. Are you ready? The next thing you do after you, after you repent, after you ask the Lord to sprinkle you with the blood, and you shut the door. You shut the door to every distraction. And you tell your family, at this particular time, I don't want to even be. Unless it's an emergency, unless somebody just got shot, went to the hospital, don't even call me. Do not. I, I had to like, I had to like somebody call me on the phone. Is this an emergency? Because I cannot take any calls during this time. They track somebody. Nope, this is my time to spend with God. This is my time to get into that secret place. This is my time to listen to him. It's my time to hear his voice. I'm doing this deliberately and I'm doing this on purpose. Why? Because the world is waiting for the manifestations of the sons and the daughters of God. And if it's not us, then who is God going to use? So you shut the door. You shut the door to distractions. You shut the door to any, anything that's coming to your mind, any frustration. You shut the door and you say, you know what? And I'm going to tell you another secret. Bring there a pen and a paper, and a Bible, a notebook. And you say, Lord, because some stuff is going to come to your mind. Oh, you got to do this. Write it down. Put it away. Write it down. Because every distraction is going to try to get you from not being that place of God. Every distraction Every single thing that you have to do is going to try to get you in that place 
to get you distracted from hearing the voice of God. Next thing after you do, you shut the door because you already got sprinkled with the blood. You already have faith in the blood. You already shut the door to every distraction. And next thing you do is you got to bring the sacrifice of praise. You got to start thanking him. I'm talking about thanking the Lord. I'm talking about, Lord, I thank you. I thank you and I praise you. I give you all the glory. Oh, God, I'm coming to you because you said it in the word and it's in Psalms. You are my refuge. You are my refuge. I run to you before I run to anything else. I run to you before I run to anybody else. I run to you before I pick up the phone and I call anybody else because you are the, my place of safety. You are my refuge. God, if I don't have you then I don't have anything else if I don't have you to run to God I don't have anything God I, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm like this God just take me now if you're not gonna be in my life you're not gonna be in my present in my circumstance just take me now I gotta feel your presence God I gotta hear your voice I can't go another day without you Jesus Lord, I love you Jesus I thank you and I praise you I give you all you know it's so many times in the Bible where God turns things because people were unthankful the children of Israel went around for 40 years. For 40 years in the wilderness because they were un they were murmuring, they were complaining. And then people get turned over to their own lust because they were murmuring, they were complaining. I said, God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be the one. I want to thank you. So I said to this gentleman on the phone, this gentleman that uh, in my grief share class, I said, listen, I need you to start thanking the Lord. Why should I thank the Lord? He took my wife and I prayed for her and I did everything I was supposed to do. You got to be very careful as a pastor in that situation because you want to just slap him. What the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> with what didn't everybody in your family have COVID at the same time? And then God saw fit to take your wife but your sons could be dead right now you could be dead right now everybody else could be dead right now but your wife decided and she even told you that she wanted to stay where she was in heaven but you mad at God but you know I, I didn't say none of that I just you know brother let me pray for you the Lord loves you you know kind of thing because he wouldn't have been ready to hear it when people are angry they, you, you can't even say nothing but God can speak to them the same one who spoke to me at the lowest, at the lowest hour can speak to them. Lord, I, I can't, I don't have the words to say to them. I can't deliver them. I can't set them free. I, 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 you know, but you can. You can just one word from God. See, 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 this is the thing. People look at the worship team. Let me, let me explain something to you. They look at the worship team. They, you know, why is the worship team? You know, all we got to sing. You have these people. And they're like this. They don't understand that the worship is to make your heart pliable. It's to, it's to till the ground of your heart so that the seeds of the word can go down and it can bear fruit. And so, but if your heart is hard, you're going to miss it. It's going to fall on stony ground. Come on, that's a whole other message. Here we go. We got we to gotta say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I give you glory. Lord, you've been so good. Well, Pastor Portia, what do I feel like I don't got nothing to thank God for? You got up this morning and you had breath in your lungs. 
A lot of people didn't get up. A lot of people didn't have breath, but God gave you breath in your lungs. Come on. I, I, I have uh, somebody, I, I can't say their name just in case this is taped or whatever, but I remember as um, but it, it's somebody that's related to my husband's family. And recently, recently she, she was in this, she was in a live-in situation with her boyfriend and all that, and she's with her boyfriend and all that, and they just seem like the perfect guy, wealthy guy, giving her everything she wants and everything. He snaps and tries to kill her, takes his knife and stabbing her, right? I get the call. And she said, she said, listen, Pastor Portia, she says, I want you to know when I was in your youth group, she says, and you told me to call on the name of Jesus. She says, I want you to know that I called on the name of Jesus. And I said, girl, that's what saved your life. Calling on the name of Jesus. You got to see him in your circumstances, his name in your circumstances, that he has to be your refuge and he has to be your deliverer and he has to be the one that sets you free. Now, she's alive today and he's in jail probably for life because... She called on the name of Jesus. She knew that much to call on the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we thank you and we praise you and I give you glory. It could be worse. It could be. Do you want me to show you how it could be worse? You know what I'm saying? It could really be worse. I mean, he could have threw acid on her face like some boyfriends do. You see what I'm saying? He could have did something way worse than that. But if you can just say, Lord, I thank you. My dad used to say, thank God ain't nothing working out right. Thank him. <laughs> Lord, I thank you and I praise you. Sometimes I get me a song on and I just start thanking him. And I just start praising him. I just get me a little song. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. And after you've thanked him and after you praise them, then you submit your request to God. If there's any request, Lord, you see this situation. But it's a way to do it. You can't just be like, Lord. My family about to get hit by the hurricane. Where are you, God? It's, in, it's like in faith. When you pray in faith, it's a different kind of faith. Way to pray. You ready? So, Lord, I thank you that you're going to, you see my family, and you see this hurricane getting closer to them. But, God, I know that you are my deliverer. I know that you are my deliverer. You are my refuge. I run to you, God. God, you are the one that's going to set my family free. They can't do nothing. The weatherman can't do nothing. Come on, the police can't do nothing. Come on, the captains can't do nothing. But you are the doctor of doctors. You are the lawyer of the lawyers. You are the weatherman. And I thank you for turning it around. I thank you, God, for changing my situation. I see people for a long time. Listen, God would have changed your circumstances a long time ago, if you would have stopped telling God about your circumstances and start telling your circumstances about your God. Wow. Next thing you're going to do, after you write your request, no. And after you said all that, and sometimes you might not even know what to pray. That's why it's important just to let the Holy Spirit pray for you. Somebody, sometimes somebody's face may come before me. And I'll just be like, Brian. I don't even know what you want me to pray for him, but Holy Spirit, pray for him. And after all of that, and then what you do is you listen. You wait. With your notebook, God, I'm listening. And you quiet your spirit. And you listen. 
And after you, you just listen, you, you might, you might, because this, this, this is the thing. This is the thing. To hear God hears one of the most important words in the Bible. I'm gonna, let me show you this. When you say the word, who here has heard of the word logos? And who has, here has heard of the word rhema? Okay, for those of you that didn't ever hear it, it really means in the Greek, it means word. Both of them mean word. But a rhema word uh, or a logos word is mentioned 330 times in the Bible, in the Greek. 330 times. And then you have a rhema word, which is mentioned 68 times in the Bible. So there's a big difference in numbers. So the difference between a logos word and a rhema word is that logos or logos or logos word, the difference is, is that if I got a word from God and I'm telling you, it automatically is a logos word. You're hearing it secondhand. But when God speaks to you, a rhema word. When God speaks to you a rhema word, it changes everything. You could be so excited because God speaks to you, and you could tell somebody, and they'd be like, uh, okay. Because it's not life to them. It breathed life to something that was dead in you. It just came to you, and it was a rhema word from God, and it just changed everything for you. It changed your perspective. Come on, it changed how you, how you saw things. Come on, come on. It, it changed how you, how you would deal with things because God spoke to you a rhema word. So when you're saying, God, I want you to speak to me. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm like this. And God is like, okay, I want you to hear. That's why you got to shut the door. I want you to hear what I got to say. <laughs> now watch this. So here it is, maybe God, maybe in your secret place, what you're doing is that you are, you are, after you prayed and after you repented and after you did all this, and all of a sudden you're waiting to hear what God has to say to you. Can God really speak to me? Oh, he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you in the secret place. He's waiting for you to come. He's waiting for you to talk to him. He's waiting for you to listen. And so then, and you're waiting there in the secret place, and he wants to speak to you a rhema, a rhema word that he, that you, you know that you know that you know that God is talking to you. This is very important when God speaks to you. Now, God has spoke to me a rhema word through other people, too. I'll never forget, I used to be suicidal. For those of you that don't know my testimony, I was abused. I was molested. My sister was raped at three. I, I mean, I could tell you some stories. But what happened was God delivered me and he set me free and he healed me. And I don't even have the smell of smoke. And I would tell people, how do you get free from depression? I would tell them, this is how you get free from depression. And I would tell them, you, you know, you, you, you praise and you worship your way through it. And, and, and you do the opposite of what you feel. And, 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 and so for years, I would tell people how to get free from depression. Then one day, my sister who passed away recently... One day, um, and I'm going to tell you about her in a second, I was up on the top of the hill, and I'm getting these groceries, and I hear the words, kill yourself. I literally went like this. What? To myself. I didn't even tell nobody. It was so ridiculous. I didn't even start praising God. I didn't even start clapping. I didn't start dancing like I normally did when I was young. I didn't say anything to anybody. And my sister, two days later, this is a very prophetic one, she calls me on the phone, and she says, ah! 
I was teaching the class too at the time. I was like, um, class, I need to take a few minutes. The Lord spoke to me about you. (laughs) I saw you. You were leading worship and you were carrying other people's crosses. I saw your heart. Oh, and by the way, the other day when you were up at the top of the hill, you know, when the devil spoke to you and told you to kill yourself and you didn't even tell anybody about it. Now, all of a sudden, that becomes a rhema word because I didn't. I was like, hold on. All of a sudden, this is a rhema word from God because I didn't even tell my husband about it. I didn't tell nobody about it. And she says, you know, when you were up at the top of the hill and you heard the devil say, kill yourself. The Lord said to tell you that he knew what you would do. So he allowed it. And he says, and when you allowed it, when he allowed it, he says, God stood up from his throne and he laughed in their faces. You know I was done. My class was like, what's wrong? (laughs) That I can make God laugh like that. I was able to make God laugh at the enemy in their faces because of my response. Risomakinesa. It's the Greek word. Logos. That's important. But when you get a rhema word, when you get a word from God, when you get a word from God, when you hear him speak directly to you, that you know, that you know, that you know that he hears you. Come on. You know that you know that he know that that you're listening to him. And the last thing you got to do in the secret place is you got to obey You got to obey what God says to do. Well, you know, I heard God, you know, in 1986, um, Pastor Portia, I heard him say to me, did you do it? Why would God give you something and you ain't done the last thing he told you to do? Why would God continue to speak to you and he told you to call your sister and apologize to her and you ain't done it? He told you to come back to church and you didn't listen. You listened to the spirit of fear instead. Do you know the reason why I was able to go to like five people houses with COVID? Because I know that that's not how I'm going to die. I know I'm not going to die of COVID. That's not going to be my story. You know, I know that I am here to fulfill my assignment. I am here and I have a purpose and I have prophecies that has not, you know, but people can get afraid and God and death can take you out before your time because you don't have your trust. Come on in God. But if you say, you know what? My trust is in God. I'm going to go up to everybody and I'm going to hug them again. And I'm going to kiss them and give them sugar for their sugar bowls. And I'm going to do it because that's not how my story is going to end. I'm going to walk in the faith of God. And if I die, let me die believing. Let me die standing on the word of God. Come on. You got to get that in your spirit. So now let's do it. You ready? So now I want you right now. If you have to close your eyes, you can close your eyes. But I want you to focus on the blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your blood. I want you to see the thorns being thrust in his head. Come on. I want you to see the nails in his hands and the stripes on his back.
Come on, the nails in his feet, the blood going down, that he could break every single curse, the blood of Jesus, the blood that Jesus gave. Come on, his life, his life was for you. He saw an overcoming church. He saw a bride without spot or wrinkle. He saw it. He saw you and I that we would overcome the world. He saw people that will walk, come on, not by sight, but by faith. He saw a woman, women of God, women of God that would rise up and say, I don't care what I've been shown. I don't care. Come on, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. I want you to focus on the blood. Thank you for the blood, Jesus. Thank you for the blood, Jesus. Just say thank you for your blood, Jesus. Come on, say it again. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. Now I want you to say, Lord, sprinkle me with your blood. <laughs> sprinkle me with your blood, Jesus. Oh, I'm coming before the secret place right now. I'm coming before the throne right now. And I'm asking you, Lord, to sprinkle me. Sprinkle me with your blood. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me, God. Forgive me, God. Forgive me for my secret thoughts. Forgive me for the thoughts that I just came to my mind, something stupid the other day. God, forgive me, God. Forgive me, God, for not responding the way that I needed to respond. God, for complaining when I should have been thankful. God, I thank you and I praise you. Come on, is that simple? Didn't you start thanking him? Lord, forgive me. Go ahead, whatever you need to ask God to forgive you for, say it. The way I spoke to my husband, the way I spoke to my kid, I didn't have enough patience. God, forgive me, God. God, I stopped from going my way and I turn around and I go your way. God, I turn around, I want to do, God, I realize, I realize, God, that I need a rhema word, a word from you, God, that is going to save my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions. God, I need a rhema word for the spirit of God to come alive in me. I need to hear your voice, Jesus. So I repent. I repent, God. I stop from doing what I want to do. And God, I do what you want me to do. God, I right now, I repent. Come on. I Come on. Just start thanking him right now. Shut the door to every distraction. God, I shut the door to every frustration. I shut the door to the distraction. I shut the door with what she said. I shut the door to what he said. God, I shut the door, God. God, I realize, God, that I have a plan. You have a plan for my life. I shut the door. I shut the door, God. God, I will not let anything separate me from the love of Jesus anymore. God, I will spend that time with you. God, you're calling on me. You're, God, you've given me a great responsibility. And God, I accept it. God, I say yes. I say yes, God. I say yes to your will. I say yes to your ways. God, I say yes to you, God. I say yes to you, God. So I shut the door to every distraction and I thank you and I praise you. Now just lift up your voice and start speaking in your heavenly language. And if you don't have the gift of tongues, just go ahead and just start saying thank you. Thank you and I praise you. God, I thank you and I praise you. God, I thank you and I praise you. Come on, just make the devil mad and say thank you. You've been good to me, God. You've been better to me than I've been to myself. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You've given me chances when I didn't deserve chances. Thank you, God. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. God, that I'm, I'm here, God, I thank you. Come on, start thanking him. Somebody in the room, start thanking him. Now, I forgot something very important on your request. Now, you asking God to give you your request, but it can't just be about you. It's got to be about him. You understand what I'm saying? So, God, if you heal this person and you set this person free, God, I'll give you the glory. God, I'll testify of your goodness. God, come on. Come on. Whatever it is, God, it's got to be. It's, it, it don't even, I don't have to take no credit. God, I'm giving you the credit because you did it work, not me. So my request, 
that I bring before you is this. Now say it to him right now. Say it to him right now. You see my request, God. Come on, say it out loud. And now you wait and you listen. And you silence everything. It's just him and you.